Today we're in Matthew chapter 2. If you have your Bible, let's turn there. And I, I just thought it would be good since we're still kind of fresh out of Christmas and we're eager as we enter into the new year. I just thought it would be cool to share a word here out of chapter 2. And we're going to see that at the end of the day, it's all about seeking the Lord, you know. Uh, you guys heard that phrase, wise men still seek him, right? And uh, I don't know, I was thinking that we need to have that heart. Here, here's a New Year's resolution. How many of you here want to lose weight uh, this year? I'm just curious, okay? Some of you here, you have that. So here's one I was thinking of. Um, uh, a New Year's resolution possibly for some of us would be to lose weight and find God. How's that sound? Lose weight, find God. Or, you know, maybe a better way to say it is to say yes to God by getting to know God better. You know, you might already be a Christian and you found God, so to speak, but you got to get to know him more because this is just the bottom line. This is the way it works. You get to know God, you will love God. And when you love God and the more you love God, you'll obey God. And the more you obey God, the more you will be blessed by God. You see, and it all starts by that passionate pursuit to get to know him, to seek him, to find him. And that's why as we start the new year, prayerfully you get some new goals regarding your you know, church service, attendance, Bible reading, praying, serving, all those kind of things, opening up your eyes to just really seeing the Lord and finding him and seeking him with all your heart. You know, before I was a Christian, I, I didn't seek God. Now, the Bible says that no one seeks God, no, not one. So before you're a Christian, before I was a Christian, I didn't seek God. As a matter of fact, I was running from God. But, you know, the cool thing uh, is that God runs faster than I do. And, uh, and he caught me. He caught me. And I think it's a little bit because I wanted to be caught. And that's kind of the way it works, you know. There are some, however, who never find God. They find that what happens is, you know, what, uh, it's kind of like the same reason a thief doesn't find a policeman. They don't want to be caught. They don't want to find God. They are committed to their crime. They love their sin. And so they'll never really find him. And so what God is saying today is, man, I'll tell you what, let's do an exchange life. You trade your life in for my life. And as you seek him, then we will find that knowing him and loving him and obeying him will lead to blessings from him. And I think there's a story. There's some principles here in Matthew chapter 2 that, that kind of help us in this. Look what we read here in Matthew 2, beginning in verse 1. It says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. And so, again, after Jesus was born in the days of Herod, uh, here we read the Bible says that wise men came from the east. They show up in Jerusalem. They're on a quest, and so they have a question you know, they go to the king there and they figure maybe everyone there in Jerusalem knows what's going on. You know, where is the, the king of the Jews? We saw a star in the east and we have come, you know, to worship him. And what we find is, is this so cool. These guys are an example for us. They are really looking for the Lord. 
uh, they're on this journey to Jesus. And we're going to learn from them this morning. I, I think that's why they're called wise men. They're wise uh, for doing this. They, they traveled far in their search for the Savior. As a matter of fact, the route they took was well over a thousand miles. Uh, it was distant. It was dangerous. Uh, it didn't matter. They were determined to find the Lord. You know, and is that how we are? Is that how you are in, in your life? As, as I was studying this, to be honest with you, I couldn't help but think of that great song by Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell. I started singing it as I was studying. There ain't no mountain high enough, ain't no valley low enough, ain't no river wide enough to keep me from getting to you. That's kind of how we need to be. And I was even thinking about that song. They may have been thinking about this passage because they use the word baby. Baby, there ain't no mountain high enough. And you know, at this time, Jesus was a baby. And they said, man, nothing's going to stop me from finding the Lord. No, I'm just kidding. You guys know that song is, uh, is uh, about a girl, finding a girl, finding a guy. And it's kind of cool when a guy loves a girl like that. But you got to know this. This is way bigger and better than any guy or any girl. This is God. Thank God for our spouses. Thank God for our special, you know, girlfriend or boyfriend, man. But they won't satisfy you. They won't fill the void within. Don't put that kind of pressure on them. Only God will. And that's why we got to seek the Lord. When Jesus came, it was God with us, Emmanuel. They came to worship him. And we know that God is the only one worthy of worship. So what these wise men are doing is they are seeking after God. And we need to do the same. You know, what we find, it, it, what they were determined. Distance didn't matter. Danger didn't matter. Nothing would stop them. They didn't do it with half a heart or 75% or 90%. It wasn't lackadaisical. It wasn't giving to God the leftovers as they're looking for their Lord. No, they did it wholeheartedly. And I think that's where we have to begin today. Point number one, when we're talking about seeking the Lord, is this that word wholeheartedly. You know, there ain't no mountain high enough, valley low enough, ain't no river wide enough to keep me from getting to you. And you know, life has a way of forming these mountains. Right? They're just so massive. Life has a way of digging these deep valleys, the ups and downs of life. Our, our, you know, successes can get in the way. Our failures can get in the way. And then the tears, they begin to fall. Before you know it, there's rivers that we use as excuses from keeping us to seek the Lord and they get wider. And we might wonder, why is God farther? I just want to encourage you today you know, don't don't lose heart. Don't don't give up, you know, and seek him with everything that you are. You're going to have to climb up mountains. It's not going to be that easy sometimes. You're going to have to walk through valleys. You're going to have to get out of bed, swim through those rivers. You know, I remember when I used to work real early in the morning, I had to wake up earlier in order to seek the Lord. You know, you got to do this. Your heart has to be in it, all in it. And that's where these guys were. You know, a prominent passage that highlights this point is one we refer to frequently over in the book of Jeremiah. I was wondering if you could turn there to Jeremiah chapter 29, even if we do put it up on the screen. I think it's kind of cool to look at. And um, 
Jeremiah 29, I know you guys have heard this before. If you haven't, this is an awesome verse. It's the Lord speaking to the children of Israel when they were in bondage in Babylon. He said, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. And then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me. When? With all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you to the place from which I caused you to be carried away captive. You know, some of you here, you may not even know it. Maybe you do. You might even be the middle of being disciplined by God. You're not realizing the fullness of the blessings that he wants to bestow upon your life. And the bottom line is because somewhere along the line there was idolatry. You put something else before God. But it's not over yet, man. We're here, 2018. We don't know how much time we have. Maybe you've got a lot of time left. And and God says, "I I want you to know I'm thinking about you. I have plans for you. They're good plans. And I'm willing to do my part. I will take you from the farthest part of the earth and I will bring you to where you belong. But you need to do your part. You must seek me with all of your heart. And and you know how that is going to pan out. The Lord will show you. One of the ways, though, is something he mentions in this passage right here. He says, and you will seek me and find me. But prior to that, he says, you will call upon me and go and pray to me. You know, I, I tell you what, if you don't have a healthy prayer life, then you will never gaze upon God. The church waits for the voice of the saint who has penetrated the veil and gazed with inward eye upon the wonder that is God. I mean, to, to really see our Savior, to look upon the Lord, to get to know the Lord. You're going to have to have victory in your prayer life. How will you seek the Lord this year in prayer? You know, one of the amazing things to me is prayer. I trip out. Do you guys trip out on that God cares about what we have to say? I mean, I, I was reading a devotional, Max Lucado, he's started the year with my family and we're reading it together. And he talked about how when you pray, you can visualize yourself like going into the throne room and then God looking at you and interested in what you have to say. That's the way the Lord is. You know, I think we need to grow in this. We need to Pray, because God cares about what we have to say as long as it's sincere. You know, I I used to pray a a long time ago before I was a Christian. It wasn't really sincere. You know, I don't know if you guys ever did those mantra prayers. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And then you went to bed, right? And you thought that was good. I have no idea what I said. You know, I, I remember before I was a Christian, I'd get on my knees real quick before I go out the door. Lord, I pray that you bless this day and help me to live your will according to everything I think and say and do. In Jesus' name, amen. And I prayed that. It's a good prayer, but it wasn't sincere. You know, before I was a Christian, I used to pray the act of contrition. Oh, my God, I'm heartily sorry for having offended thee, and I detest all my sins because of thy just punishment, but most of all, because they offend you, my God, who are all good and deserving of all my love. I firmly resolve with the help of thy grace to sin no more. 
beautiful prayer. But then I would go and sin. That kind of prayer life will never see the face of God. You know, it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be memorized. It doesn't have to be King James. But it has to be sincere. And I tell you what, when we seek the Lord and we want him to do a work, it's not going to happen if we don't get on our knees. Some of you guys, you can't get on your knees. I understand that. But find a place where you can be alone with God. This is intimacy. The Bible would call it even intercourse. It's an amazing thing when you can pray to God like this. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 15, 8, these people, they draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. If we're ever going to find God, then we need to do so wholeheartedly, seek him prayerfully, Those prayers need to be sincere. It needs to be not just a quality time, but I would even say quantity time. You know, uh, the Bible talks about how prayer is like incense. And, uh, you know, you guys like good smells like perfume. And I don't know, uh, sometimes my wife will wear this perfume and it just... I smell it and I'm like, wow, that smells so good. And it's kind of like that's the way it is when we pray. We're God's bride and... And he smells those prayers and they're sweet to him. I was even thinking about that song by Marvin Gaye. Because I was listening to it over and over again. And in the song it says, if you need me, call me. No matter where you are, no matter how far. Don't worry, baby. Just call my name. I'll be there in a hurry. You don't have to worry. That's God. I mean, how many of us here, we we need his power, we need his wisdom, we need his direction, we need him. That's all we have to do is just pray. How will you pray this year? You know, there's this one quote, it says, the devil trembles when he sees even the weakest saint on their knees. Pray. Seeking the Lord, one, wholeheartedly, two, prayerfully, Back in Matthew, we're going to see the third point here in our text. In Matthew chapter 2, we pick it up now in verse 3. It says, And when Herod the king saw this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the child was to be born. And so they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. What if? What if this was the year that you lost weight and found God, you know? (laughs) What if this was a year where you said yes to God and you got to know God? Well, how are you going to do it? It'll happen. It's kind of like sometimes when you lose something... I don't know if you guys, do you guys ever lose things at, at your house? I know we do all the time. My wife does especially, but don't tell her I told you that. And I'm just joking. Like she'll say, hey, can you do find my iPhone? Because she lost it for the 10th time that day, you know. <laughs> certain things, you know, you got to find. Certain things you're like, oh, have you guys ever uh, said this? It'll turn up. 
It'll turn up. Ever said that? Some people say that about God. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it'll work out, you know, somehow. No, you have to do this. Don't give up. It'll not just turn up. You have to look up. You have to really seek after God. How are you going to do it? Wholeheartedly, prayerfully, and biblically. And that's the third point that we see here. You know, what we find as these guys are looking for information and the location of the Messiah is they ultimately find themselves looking to the scriptures, right? The, the priests and the scribes, they tell Herod here because the whole story goes down. They ask Herod, Herod asks these guys, they, they tell the wise men that the baby would be born in Bethlehem. Well, how did you know that the baby would be born in Bethlehem? It's because that's what it says in the Bible, Micah chapter 5 in verse 2. They had to get their answers yeah, biblically, they had this quest. They had a question that must be answered biblically. As a matter of fact, this is how they arrived here in the first place. You know, when you look at these wise men, the Magi from the East, and there's no doubt in my mind that these guys were students of prophecy. They were students of the prophet Daniel, who had studied and taught the scriptures over in Babylon. You know, Daniel even wrote a portion of the Bible and had predicted the birth of Christ hundreds of years before he was born. And so Daniel, as you guys know, knew that this coming king of the Jews would actually be the king of kings, the Messiah, the Christ, the savior of the world. He was passionate for the Lord. He taught these guys. He wrote it down. They, you know, passed it on from generation to generation. As a matter of fact, when you read in Daniel chapter 9, it even gives you the time frame from where, when he would come. It says when they began to rebuild the temple, from that point, there would be a certain amount of years. These guys, they knew their Bible. That's how they got there to begin. They had answers about God that brought them far, but now they had questions about God because they wanted to go farther. And so should we. How are you going to get those questions answered? Then you gotta, you got to study your Bible. Right? I mean, unfortunately, we have people in, in, today, the, the answers they, they look for, they, they go to the university. You're not going to get your answers about God in the university. Now, I mean, some people are so foolish, they look to a celebrity. Oh, I like him. I like the way she sings. They're famous. They got money. And that, that's where they're getting answers at the university, maybe the celebrity. Well, maybe me. Well, I've got the answers about God. You do? Where were you when this world was made? The Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is death. We don't know. You can't look to the university, the celebrity, or me. We have to look to God when we're asking questions about God. And, of course, he has given us his word, the word of God. Jesus said, Jesus said, the scriptures cannot be broken. Jesus said, every jot, every tittle, the smallest Hebrew letter and grammar point, it would all come to pass. That's why I want to encourage you. Read your Bible, study your Bible like you never have before in all of your life. That is, if... You really want to get to know God. You know, 
I mean, how do we know he's holy? The Bible says that in Isaiah 6. Holy, holy, holy. How do we know that God is love? The Bible says that in 1 John 4, 8 and 16. I mean, it's so important to know God by knowing his word. You know, I'm, I've shared with you guys before that acronym for, for the Bible is, you know, B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. I mean, I want to encourage you to know this Bible the best that you can. How are you going to do that? You know, there's five forms of Bible intake, and I've shared this with you before, but, you know, we've got to go over it. Number one is, is read it. Just read it. One thing the Lord showed me this year is this, I want you to read it, you know, and he gave me a certain amount of time. Just read the Bible. A lot of times we get, you know, Bible, study Bibles and books to help us, and that's cool, but make sure, you, you know, you're reading the Bible. Just soak it in because it's living. You know, it's alive. You know, most of the time when we eat food, it's dead. But imagine going to Cambodia, we eat crickets. Imagine if the cricket's still alive, you know. This is the word of God. It's alive. And so, you know, just read it. Secondly, study it. As you're reading it, study it. Look up words. Yeah, maybe get some commentaries on it. Look at the cross-references. Man, just study it. You know, like you really want to know him. And then hear it taught. And so that's what you guys are doing here. It's interesting. These guys, uh, maybe they had read the scrolls of Daniel that brought him far. Then they had to ask questions of the scribes and Pharisees that brought them farther. That's the way it is. Even me as a pastor, I am continuously hearing Bible studies. Read it, study it, hear it taught, meditate upon it. The Bible talks about that, how as we meditate on the word and we're just, you know, regurgitating it and soaking it in. And then, and then the last thing is to memorize it. Don't think it's just for the little kids in the little clubs over there. They're the ones that have to memorize scripture. No, you know, we do. We hide his word in our hearts so we won't sin against him. And, and as you're doing all these things, you're reading it, studying it, hearing it taught, you're meditating on it, you're memorizing it, then all that with the heart to live it. When you have that heart, man, God is going to do a work. What's your reading plan for the year? How, how do you read the Bible? Some people, you know what they do? They play Bible bingo. They're like, okay, Lord, what do I read today? Okay, this right here. You know, and then tomorrow, this right here. No, I want to encourage you, read through the Bible. I've always said it takes a whole Bible to make a whole Christian. Read the whole Bible. Have some type of a reading plan. Even that, that class, Christian ID, will help you with that. But you don't need the class. You just need to ask the Lord what he wants. You know, you've got to love this word and, and learn it and then long to live it. You know, Job 23, 12, I love what he said. He said, I have not departed from your commandments of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. That's how much he wanted to hear God's word. You know, I mean, for some of us here, let's just say you got on one side, you know, pizza and on this side, the Bible. You know, what should you choose? You go the the pizza, huh? God says, no, as a matter of fact, he goes beyond that. I mean, we, we eat three times a day. We, we eat every day. Some of you guys, while you're eating lunch, you're thinking about what you're going to eat for dinner, huh? 
That's just how we are. We love to eat. What about this? More than my necessary food, it isn't even just a matter of whether, you know, I like my taste. I mean, this is about survival. Like if I'm there and I'm dying and I know that, you know, I got to have this food almost, you know, to keep me going and give me strength. But then there's the Bible on the other side and I, and I, and I have the same need. I'll, I'll choose the Bible. That's how much we need to be in the word. I want to be like Job. Well, you have to love the word like that. And Theodore Roosevelt, President of the United States, he said, a thorough knowledge of the Bible is worth more than a college education. Not that you shouldn't go to college. Go, get your degree, follow God's plan for your life, but understand the wisdom for life, eternal, is found in the Bible. You know, four words for today when it comes to seeking God, and that is wholeheartedly, um, prayerfully, biblically, and then the last one is joyfully. If you look at Matthew 2 in verse 7, it says, And then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, notice they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. Now just pause there for a moment. What do you think they did? They rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. What do you think they did? They're just like, well, that's so, I mean, I don't want to do it because I'm kind of like not good at all that stuff. But man, they're just, yeah. You know, they were just like so happy, rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And so here's the thing that maybe even will give you uh, more of a stimulation. You know, like maybe you're like, well, man, he's cracking the whip. Boom, he's telling us that, you know, got to go to church and read my Bible and pray. And it's like a, a, a burden, you know. And what I'm trying to tell you is it's not a burden. It's a blessing. It's not that we, we got to. It's that we get to. And when we gaze upon God when we look at the Lord and his love. Man, we will do so joyfully. I'm telling you what, that, this is what happens if you make it over those mountains and get in the way or the valleys or if you cross through the rivers because you've chosen to seek him wholeheartedly. You know, what happens is if you open your heart and you open your Bible, and then you open your eyes to the stars in which he guides you in life in order to see the way he's revealed himself to you and what he has for you, 
then you're going to see life. You're going to see love. You're going to see holiness. You're going to see forgiveness. Here's the thing. When the wise find God, they're wiser. When you find Jesus, you know, you're, you're going to find joy. And, and I'm not saying that life is going to be perfect and you're going to get everything that you want. But even in the difficult times, you know, you're going you're gonna to have a peace that no one can ever take away because you are in right relationship with the living God. You have done exactly what you're supposed to do once you become a Christian, and that is seek God with all your heart. And when I spend time with the Lord to start my day, it's the highlight of my day. I mean, I love going and being with people, but, you know, without that time with the Lord, I don't have that compass. I don't have the direction. I don't have the word that I need to give to those that I long to help. You know, when you, when you find the Lord, you're going to find joy. And God's going to bless your life in ways that are beyond my ability to articulate. You know, there's that passage over in Psalms 34.10. It says, The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. I'm telling you, man, this is a, a good life. You know, when I look at this story right here, it almost breaks my heart, you know, that Herod didn't go looking for Jesus because... If he did, he'd be in heaven right now and not in hell. I mean, it breaks my heart that these, these scribes and these priests, you know, the, the wise men came. These are Gentiles and they're saying, hey, you know, the, the king of kings has been born, the king of Jews. You know, and they ask him these, you know, biblical questions. They have the answer. They got the knowledge, but they don't have the heart to go look for him. And that's just the way that it is in the world that we live in. There are those who look for him and those who don't. Those who see the obvious star of God that's calling them to him and those who don't. You know, the, the star, and we could talk about this star, and uh, there's a lot of theories out there. But I, I really like, you know, what Adrian Rogers said. He said, the star is probably not a literal star because it moved and it just... It appeared and then it disappeared. It was just something very personal for them. And so more than likely, he said it was the Shekinah glory of God. That where, where the Lord was, that it was just like God intimately guiding them, drawing them to him. And God has a way of doing that in our life, doesn't he? He has a way, he has a plan, circumstances, sometimes the tragedies, sometimes the victories, but he has a way of just drawing us to himself. If only we'll open our eyes and we'll just know this star is there for us to see the signs that God gives. You know, maybe not literal, but this star right here being symbolic of his glory. And there's so many things that God uses to draw us to himself. Even, you know, maybe the witness of others. You know, you've got a Christian friend or maybe you'll be a star for someone else and they see your light shining the way it does and you tell them about the love of Christ and you show them the love of Christ. Maybe they'll come to Christ. And when you look at this as we close today, I guess 
you know, my question is, how about you? How, number one, have you come to the light? You know, are, are you a Christian to begin with? If not, I want you to know he loves you. He died for you on a cross. He rose again. And he wants to give you life. Only he can do that. But you gotta, you got to kind of want to be caught by him today. Do you need Jesus? I pray that if you do, today you would make that decision to follow him. And then if you are a Christian, my question is, are you seeking God wholeheartedly, prayerfully, biblically, and joyfully? And the Bible says in Psalm 14, verse 2, the Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. You see, it's not that God's lost. He's not lost. It's just sometimes we are, huh? And so wise men, they, they still seek him. Christians, they still seek him. And for all others, I want you guys to know that God is seeking you. You know, I was reading this story, and I'll close with this, um, about the work that God is doing in Syria and just how... You guys know the war. It's just, it's that, that nation is ravaged. It is just ravaged with war. And you might think there's nothing good going on as far as the Christians go because they're being tortured. They're being beheaded. But I read this one story about uh, a man who was part of uh, ISIS. He was actually on their side kind of reluctantly. He was, uh, it was a young guy who was actually going to school in Mosul and when ISIS came in, he lost all those educational opportunities and he was kind of coerced into fighting for ISIS. But, you know, all along in the back of his mind, wishing that he could get free. But, um, you know, it's so hard. You know, they're just crazy the, the way that they've got everybody trapped. And, and he's in the middle of all that. You guys know what's going on in Syria, right? The way that 10-year-old girls are are being raped, the way that Christians are being killed, the way that... You know, young men are being crucified in Syria. You know, this, this young guy right here, he talked about how one day he saw four young men being crucified. And he said as they were being crucified, he said they were singing praises to Jesus. And as he saw this and as he heard this, it just... It just found a home in his heart. He couldn't get it out of his mind. It was almost like I'm basically saying today, it was God's way, the star now is appearing. God is drawing him to him, even amongst the, the craziest circumstances, even though he's so far away in that region of the world, Babylon, it's so bad. He's a Muslim. He's way out there. The star you know, begins to appear. God begins to draw him. He hears them singing the song and then the Lord begins to move in him and just make, what would make these people sing while they're being crucified, while they're being tortured? And he saw all these things going on right in front of his eyes until finally one day he mustered up the courage and he fled. He was able to escape that miraculously to Istanbul, to Turkey. And as he was there wandering around, running out of money, a man came up to him and, and just said, hey, you're from, you're from Iraq as, as well, aren't you? I can tell and I think I know you. No, I don't know you. Well, some, there's some type of connection here. W w would you like to go with me today to church? 
Apparently this man was a Christian. God, God was drawing him. He said, well, I can't go to church. I'm a, I'm a Muslim. But I'll go. Ten minutes max. And as he goes into the, the church building, the first thing he hears is that same song that those four young men were singing when they were crucified. It was the song that God had put in his heart. And right there, it it took a little time, but God began to move. And that young man became a Christian. Because in, in one sense, he followed the star that God gave him. And I don't know if God's working in your life. I'm not sure exactly what's going on. But I know that that our God is a personal God. And I pray that we would know that. We'd be encouraged by that. And then we'd follow Him. We seek Him. Don't play church. Seek Him with all your heart. That's 2018. Okay, lose weight. Find God. Um, Say yes to God. Get to know God. If you get to know God... You'll fall in love with God. And when you love God, you obey God. And when you obey God, you'll be blessed.